This is Idiot Mystic and we're with Destiny Larson and I don't know why it was so smooth today. I usually say, uh, and then I acknowledge saying, oh, hello, Destiny. I have a problem with saying, uh, as well. Hello. <laughs> we talked for a few minutes before this, but I didn't ask you this question, but let's just establish how are you feeling today? Like right now? And it doesn't just like feeling. I feel good. I feel kind of tired, but overall, I feel good. I feel pretty good. How do you feel today? Also good. I had like a emotional morning with Xander, but in a good way, but it started out like scary. So I was like, I was expecting it to continue, but then the, I, just completely changed like it became a great thing somehow i don't know i don't know how emotions work anymore i just like, so it started off as like a sad bad emotion and then yes like it, and it seemed like it was one that would last throughout the weekend as like a theme because it was so like important it like and it's obviously i'm like i can't so I'm divorced or what, but it's weird to say I am. I was because obviously there's other things happening now. Right. But, um, right. but it's so Xander is like finally like processing all of that in his life and like the difference between him and a child with like a conventional family, quote unquote. Right. He's like, talking about all sorts of stuff and it's sometimes very hard for me to hear because I was so young at the time I was like 19 20 21 and 22 so not very right. like I it's like even a time in my life where I don't even remember my own thoughts I don't even remember how I was thinking at that time. so it was like kind of crazy but good crazy but when you yeah. say okay so when you say good people I guess the point of the podcast it's your first appearance but and it's to chronicle everyone I know's journey because I'm having issues with like I know more about certain celebrities than I know about my friends and then it led mm. to like being freaked out so I'm like why do I know this fact about like what kind of like cereal they eat why did I why did I scroll through that list of top strangest things your favorite celebrity eats like why mm, yeah but, so in your case I was thinking and I was talking to other people before this and wondering how I should start and thinking should I like start slow and like ease you into the waters of like weird questions but then I thought about it so much that I realized the best thing to do is to tell you that I thought of yeah. So what do you think? What should we do? Should we ease into things I think, or should we go straight to the way we usually speak and the level? I feel like I feel like we should just we might as well go straight to it, especially if like the beginning is just like supposed to warm up the conversation. It's not really like useful or like beneficial for anybody listening, I guess. So I I was gonna say you you are a Christian. Uh-huh. Yes. You should, you're not supposed to say uh-huh. It sounds like you're supposed to be like, Oof. 
Christianity. Well, I was like, I, I was just like letting you finish your like thought. thought like, uh huh. We should. I wish we had an audience and we could like. But anyway, never mind. Know, that was true. Yeah. But yes. So let's bring. Like you've started. You said you joined ministry. Is that the right way to say it? What is the right way to say? It? You are yeah, I start. I started doing ministry full time. I think everyone does ministry in a certain way, but it's like my full time job. It's also how I make a living. Okay, so for someone who is like doesn't know any Christians, also doesn't know what ministry is, also doesn't know how you could make a living from it. So, how does the whole thing work? What is? It? Yeah, it's funny because I remember the first time I started like serving slash volunteering like servings like the work they use at church but like volunteering at a church and I met these girls and they were like I was like you guys are here like all week they're like yeah this is like our job I was like what like what are you talking about like churches on Sundays you know I literally like did not understand it but being in the church more it's like it is like a Monday through Thursday sometimes I'm working like on the weekends but so I work with student ministry so middle schoolers high schoolers and then I'm also pouring into the leaders like meeting with the leaders so like main thing we just started like a new high school night so 6 30 p.m we have our high school services i was just like planning like the word the worship songs like the graphics for the slides going to different high schools like meeting with kids like bringing kids lunch going to kids volleyball games basketball games like just being like a spiritual support for kids um and it's like it's 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 not like I'm going to these schools and be like, all right, everybody bring out your Bibles. Like, I'm like building relationships with these kids, building trust with them and just like um, being someone that they can come to and be honest with because I feel like I didn't really have that. So I think it was really important to me. Yeah. Sorry. Are you wearing the AirPods? I have an AirPod in, yeah. Is that bad? Can we switch to the phone sound? I think it's better because you're breaking yeah. up and you're saying important yeah. I don't want to do it. It's all good. Awesome. In that case. Okay, wait. Is this better? Yes. It's yeah. Oh my gosh, now I can like not hear you at all. What the heck? Wait, I should I was gonna yell how about now, but then I realized that anyone listening to the recording would just be like, what is wrong with it? Okay, yeah, you keep your volume and I'll just listen. I wish I could put captions on this thing. Um oh. Wait, is your phone volume turned up? I'm Yeah. That's the that's why I said what the heck? Like wait, maybe you're not on speaker. Is that a thing? I feel like a grandma. I feel like somebody's grandma right now. You uh I was gonna say you could be, but that makes no sense. Oh, 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 oh. Wait, is this okay? Yes, it sounds you sound louder. What too loud? No good like what what did you change <laughs> it was on i had the setting the sound setting on like phone like as if we were talking on the phone that's why i was like what like but now it's well, on speakerphone yeah i'm okay, glad cool. i include all of this in the podcast so people can understand that we are we're fighting against the recording technology it's an ongoing battle it's not easy for us i was gonna say should we start from the top or this is where this is all in uh maybe just i yes i feel like you should start from like so ministry you start what is ministry at church 
So ministry at church is basically being someone that is like a, a spiritual well I guess it depends it depends on your um it depends on your ministry because it's like some people are in hospitality ministry so we have people that are just greeting people as they come into church making them feel welcome you know just being someone that could be asked questions then there's like divorce care and grief ministry you're being someone who helps people through the divorce through grieving you know et cetera et cetera so I work in student ministry, which is middle school, high schoolers, and then also um, like pouring into their leaders. So like college slash post-grad kids. Um, so we have like small group leaders. So on Sunday mornings, we break off into grades pretty much, go over their week, how everything's going, go over scripture, like relate that to their lives and everything. And so I tell leaders, you know, if you ever need anything, come to me, blah, blah, blah. I'll take them out to lunch. We'll talk. They'll call me at midnight like whatever like just like someone so my position just being someone who's available for people um planning things for students just making sure students understand the gospel and um just that they're forgiven is like the main theme that tends to happen like these kids feel like either their their sin is too great to be a christian or to know jesus or they don't know where to start or they just don't really read the scripture for themselves so they need someone to remember remind them of certain things so that's kind of like where I fall in and then I do like the stuff that's like social media and stuff like that too like as far as job wise so when and this is like I guess it's a bit you'd have to like venture a guess here so I understand this is your best guess but the kids that you're working with are their families religious and that's how they come to be at in the this group or is it and religious I just mean like are they part of the church previously or are they kids who come from outside and then they're part of it it's honestly like a total mixture like it's a total mixture you have the kids who have parents who are like grown up in the church devote their lives to the church you have kids whose parents aren't believers at all you have kids who one, you know, the mom might be a believer, but the dad, they're divorced or rooming together. One doesn't even believe in the church. It's it's like a total, total, total mix. And and just for like, I guess I'm, I feel like this is also good because I guess I've I've only dropped you off to work at your church, but still, it it's a like a it's an impressive structure it's a large church um and i feel like there's a lot of stigma associated with that like yeah yeah and i but now when you're talking about your job there it sounds like like you're helping students so i guess do you how do you feel like this church like steers away from the the weirdness of like I, I guess I can say Hillsong now because they're like literally in documentaries. So yeah, it's like well documented. No, um, I feel like I have kind of well, I'm not not a unique perspective, but an interesting perspective because I came from a church that was like Hillsong ish, like very mega church, very like the pastors driving the brand new whips, like literally signing Bibles, like weird, like. Where is the money going? But the difference with that in this church is our pastor, he speaks biblical truth. Like he breaks down scripture into like the Hebrew and the Greek. And like, I really stand behind his doctrine and how he preaches. 
We have a Hope Center that gives out free haircuts, food, clothes, ESL classes. We have a weekday preschool that operates like Monday through Friday. Um, and then we have a gym too. And then they accept like people's insurance. So a lot of people's doctors will like refer them to that gym. Um, but we just have a lot going on like all the time. Like we've, you know, um, done like rent assistance, like helping people out. Like I just see where the money is actually going to like help people that's going into the community. Um, and it's going into the different ministries that are like reaching people like our student ministry. We couldn't do half the stuff we do without funding. So um, just, I guess, seeing that the money is used in a way that is benefiting people, is getting people closer to God somewhere or the other. Like you'll hear someone's testimony. They're like, yeah, like I didn't believe in God. Like I was a kid and someone told me that there was free pizza. So like I showed up and then I gave my life to Jesus. Then, you know, like it might seem so okay. silly. Like, no, oh, I... like, thanks. huh? Nothing. No, I was just gonna say, it seems silly. Like, oh, thanks for your pies and offering for our pizza party. But it's like, you never know like how that's gonna like reach someone. Like you can't, unfortunately it's hard to get kids in the door just being like, hey, we're gonna have a worship and a message. Like some kids that'll like, they'll be excited about that. But some kids are like, okay, and like, <laughs> you know, so. Oh, so this is really interesting because of, so there's this church that exists and we're, and it's a nonprofit and it's doing all these things. And then, um, so the reason it exists, like people are like, why do mega churches exist? Why is the priest driving a Bentley? I don't know. He can if he wants. It's within his, like, it doesn't seem too bad if he's like, if everyone in the congregation is driving Bentleys, then it seems like a good move. But, right, um, right. How I got distracted by the Bentleys because I couldn't think of like a, luxurious car because i'm not a super car person so then i was like it's like yeah ah, yeah okay so why does so those churches and let's say and i'm gonna bring up i'm not saying it in like i'm just bringing up other large religious groups that end up being operated like cults which some of them use christianity as a guys or like christian based doctrine and then veer off you could like, um, and no offense to any Mormon people, but the abuse that members of the Mormon church have faced or other church, Scientology, people who use the word church and then form a large organization that does do some charitable work. It seems like they still have a purpose other than doing the good. But I'm, I'm wondering in the case of your church and your work in general, do you feel like it's because that's the, I I'm going to sound dumb saying this, but that's the Christian way. So that's what you have to do, like in a good way, like that's your earthly duty. So the church exists and does this care for its community because it has to by like divine command, or is it like, these are some people that want to do something different and it's just a coincidence that they're Christian. I think it's a natural, it's just like a fruit of the spirit. Like I always say, like, I'll just do these, like, okay, this is going to sound self-boasting, but it's not once I complete the thought. It's like when I like do something for someone, go out of my way for someone, if I give money to someone who needs it, if I, you know, spend extra time out of work to talk to someone who's going through it, like, that's not me. That's like the Holy Spirit in me that pushes me to do that. 
like scripture tells us, like God sets out these good works for us. Like he has these planned and then we step into them. So it's like, none of this is by my own doing. Like people, you hear people be like, oh, I was called to ministry. I was called to this. Like, it's just something that's like in you being the Holy Spirit that guides you to do these things. It's not anything to do with me, you know? So, it's just submitting to God's authority. Okay, is that this is, this, this is a really good, I'm just going to suddenly jump to a totally different thing. So Perfect. when you say holy spirit guided actions or like driven actions then let's say that's like you like could you name like two things that you do that you would say like in a week that are holy spirit driven um, i don't know just like in this like weird example that i'm trying to make i guess just like to keep it more like broad without like going to specifics like uh like driving like i used okay. to have like super bad road rage and like not let anybody in front of me and just like be pissed off at everybody all the time but it's like now i just like have a lot more patience like if someone needs to get in front of me like you let them get in front of you or like um things people say like i understand that it's like like i used to take a lot of things very personally and get very angry like get very angered easily and now it's like i'm just super slow to anger and it's um or it's like i realize like my money is not my money like that like it's it's god's like that he's put me in positions to earn this and do that so it's like i don't want to store up earthly treasures you know what i'm saying like it's it's like the like the book of acts it's like right after it's like the first church in the bible and it always inspires me because all these people just took all of that they had and just basically put it in the middle for everybody to share and I'm like, dang, I want to live like that. You know what I mean? And like, you start to kind of detach yourself from things that you okay. once claimed as yours. Okay, so question then, and I'm asking this for even just someone who's thinking about this. Let's say someone's like pondering with like, we haven't even discussed anything about the Bible, but they're like, what is this Holy Spirit driven action? It sounds like destiny was just being better, like a better person and that now she is describing that good behavior or like she listened to a podcast or read a book and now is doing that thing and she's now ascribing that to like holy spirit so would you say that your behaviors that are like like when you're watching netflix and eating something in that moment is there like can it still be holy spirit driven is there some way to like live the whole day or attempt to in that way or is it best to like are you just like are you are you supposed to when you see an opportunity to do something that your higher self or divine self or better self would do that's when you're just suddenly supposed to snap out of like netflix and chips and be like okay now I can, uh, I'll just drive my friend like 30 miles. It's fine. And then I'll come back and it's still fine. Like, I don't know. That's not divine sounding, but sometimes. I think when the opportunity presented is presented to do good, you do good. I think, you know, like if you're watching Netflix or whatever, like we always say, like you can't pour from an empty cup. Like if I'm like absolutely burnt to the ground and I need to rest, like I don't think there's a problem. And like, oh, you can't sit around and watch Netflix. Like you got to go out and go out you know like um but i do find when i'm reading scripture it's easier for me to do good things i'm more like eager to do good things i'm more excited about it and then like 
the Holy Spirit part is like, sometimes it'll be very specific. Like um, one example, like this girl I went to high school with forever ago. Like we're, we really not even friends. We were just like friends on social media. And I felt God was like, or the Holy Spirit was like, give her money. Like give, like just send her some money. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, it was just like a thought that just kept coming up in my head. And then I had a dream about her. And I was like, all right. So the next day I just messaged her. I was like, hey, dude, this has nothing to do with me. Like, God wants me to send you money. Like, I don't even want to thank you. Like, this isn't me. This is God. Like, just whatever. And then she ended up telling me that that uh, that week her, the father of her children had robbed her, like stole, stole from her, like finances, things and stuff like that. And she was just in such disbelief. But like, I knew that was just God wanting to show himself to her. You know what I mean? Okay. So uh, this is getting perfect. Perfect. So now let's say you have this dream. Now let's throw in some buzzwords. So a lot of people will say, oh, you're spirit guide, uh, guardian angels, uh, precognition, premonition, ESP, psychic. Let's say all those things are some way to describe a connection to something that someone listening to this may not be connected to right now or thinking about their connection. So are you like by your like what's happening to your life and the assumption that you're a human being and not an AI person, which everyone will wonder because people wonder that about everyone on the podcast. I don't know why. Oh like yeah, I don't know. It's a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's um fair enough, hard to tell them these days, I guess. I don't know. So um I don't even remember what we were talking about. You're talking about spirit guides and... Okay, so let's say what... Does everyone have the ability to open themselves up to being like intuitive or receptive in this way of like messages from either the inside of your brain in some magical place or like you said, divinely delivered to like like what's happening there? Are you always having dreams that are like relevant or somewhat relevant? Like, does it happen more than once or was that your first time? Is there? Yeah, no, it happens often, especially when um, I'm like, when I'm closer to God, they happen often. When I mean closer to God, I mean reading my Bible, praying, like, you know, denying my flesh, stuff like that. That's when it happens the most. Um, I think we are things are very spiritual that we can't see with like the bare naked eye. Right. So I think there is opportunity to be swayed or spoken to from demons, like bad spirits. Right. I think, um, I think when it's misguided we kind of open ourselves up to like, Oh, spiritual world. I think that's a dangerous place to be. That's why I think it's so important. Like Jesus, God, Holy spirit, like the Trinity or whatever, like, to be specific about what you believe in, because if you just open up your spiritual mind to whatever comes your way, I think that's a dangerous spot because the devil's very deceptive and like what might seem like good things, you know, it, it sounds good on paper. Like I remember um, I was really into like, like the whole spirit guide numerology thing or whatever. And I would see, I was like, Oh, every time, like I'm with this guy, C444, like we were even playing cards in a friend group and I picked up like a deck of cards and it was 444 and I was like, this is supposed to be my guy, like blah, 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 blah. And that couldn't have been far further from the truth, right? So it's like, I was leaning into that rather than asking God for guidance, like going straight to the father for guidance. 
Um, so I just feel like you're everyone. It's an open playing field. Like whoever wants that, like God wants us to lean into him. He wants to guide us. He wants us to have childlike faith and depend on him. But I think we just have to be prayerful about it. And like, you know, Jesus is Lord God, like, please guide my decision-making. And then he, he will do that. But I think when you open yourself up to whatever, um, it's hard to have the discernment of what's coming your way. Cause like I said, same super deceptive. You know, I think that's, it's something that I've only recently realized. And I heard like a, a weird quote about like not having your mind so open that your brain falls out. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I, that tends to happen to me. Cause if even, let's say even just basic choices, if you're given too many basic choices, sometimes you end up picking something you don't even want because it's just like overwhelming or you're, I don't know. I don't know if that was a good analogy, but I see, I see what you're saying. And I also think, I don't know the story exactly, but it's like, there's a bunch of demons and Satan and Satan is like, oh, I need a way to trick this guy. And one guy, like the demons all suggest different basic things, like trick him with some delicious food, um, a woman, like money. And the Satan keeps saying, oh, he's, he's beyond it. He's beyond it. He's spiritual. You don't understand. He's beyond that. So the last, like the most evil demon says, oh, I'm, I figured out what I'm going to trick him with. It's going to be his religion. Mm. And I feel like similar to how you said that, it's like, that's why so many atrocities occur in the names of all the various world religions. Right. There's right. something's going on where a message of, like, let's not even say, like, especially, like, Judaism and Christianity and Islam, historically, they've been very, like, aggressive and weird to each other. And we all, everyone knows about it. But the base message is to not be like that. Right. So it's like as though there's literally an opposite, like you're reading one thing, but right. something's going on where it's like making you perform completely different actions. Like almost like if you learn about like blunt force trauma or like concussions in school and then you start like hitting your head against stuff. It's like, wait, you read about okay. it, you know it's bad. And then you start doing behaving in that exact way which is right. why I don't know that's a so have do you feel like you've ever been deceived by and this is like a don't be specific unless you want to by <laughs> anyone using Christianity or the Bible for their own benefit like how you specifically said like uh you using numerology to further a relationship in your head I've similarly used like religious texts to further maybe an earthly argument or like uh, me thinking something is right. But I've never like used it. Like I've never at that time was like thinking about using religion to sway other people in some way. But have you encountered that in your life? Like people using religion for their own benefit? Yeah, I mean, I think like a common issue in the church is like, just like uh oh like with like uh, trying to get people to pay their tithe and offering like it's one thing to be like hey like you're giving like helps our ministry this way that way this way like thank you so much and it's another thing to say you know 
oh, like if you give this amount of money, like it's going to come back tenfold or, you know, you reap what you sow. Like people use misuse that verse all the time. Like you reap what you sow. They're saying like, oh, if you, you know, give $10, you're going to get a hundred back. And like, that's not what's God saying. That's not the case. It's like you do good things and like you have spiritual fruits, like, you know, kindness, peace, like you don't have anxiety. Like it's, it's, it's spiritual giftings, not like physical worldly giftings. So it's like people like I've, I've heard preachers be like, oh, you know, you, if you just pray enough, if you give your tithes offering, like you'll be cured of your cancer, you'll be, you know, you'll live a prosperous life. And it's like, that's not like, if you read the Bible, like so many of these people struggled here on earth, but they recognize like their treasures lie in heaven in the afterlife. So it's like, if it, it, it turns a lot of people away from the religion because it's like, if you tell someone, oh, they just pray enough and you know, they pray and they pray every single day and night. And then their mom passes away at a young age of cancer. They're like, well, what the heck, God? You know, like it makes them turn against God, not the poor theology that they were given. So I think that's like a common issue. And um, I remember I had a friend in high school who passed away. It was my best friend's little sister. And we all just were praying and praying and praying that she would, you know, survive the coma and everything. And she didn't. And I, I blamed God for that. But when in reality, she did what she had to do on earth and now she's in heaven. And, you know, that's a better spot than where I'm at right now. So, okay. I have so. Let's say in my case, let's say even like right now, and I'm always, my brain may have fallen out of my head, which is why I'm too open-minded sometimes, but I'm, I have my own thoughts, but when I'm, ha I try to like reset my slate and like act like a baby when I'm asking these questions so I can receive, like ask an honest question instead of some kind of my modified version. It's a cool mm, So in this way that you're describing that like people use um people misuse i forgot the question i kind of didn't say it. scripture you what you sell what's the last thing you said before i said i was a baby i was talking about how um people will say oh gosh my phone battery people say like oh if you just pray enough if you do this enough yes. like okay so the question is, are you saying that some people's life is hard right now because it's meant to be hard and it may continue to be hard till the end of their earthly life? And if that, I'm just asking in a way that like, I'm not saying you're sentencing them to this. I'm saying, let's say even me, like let's say I have chronic pain issues, health issues. Is it possible that Let's, let's just apply it to me so no one feels bad. Is it possible that I'm here to feel this way and learn how to deal with it gracefully and not really ever be optimally feeling or thrive in the way that someone who doesn't have certain issues would thrive? And that's just, I'm just curious. I don't know the purpose behind it. I... I've learned there's a lot of things I just won't know. Like, I don't understand why God does some of the things he does, but I do know that someone who's dealing with chronic pain and walks with Jesus is going to be a lot more joyful, a lot more at peace than someone who has all the money in the world, but they're just following their flesh. They're following the world. They're always trying to get the next best thing up and up and up. And they're just trying to appease man. Okay. So then, so that's, so let's say someone is, going through like suffering and we mentioned cancer and other much worse things the death of a parent 
then is it possible that like like say the pain of losing a parent might not really go away mm -hmm. and like when it happens it's meant to stay there so like the pain of like you knowing that your friend's younger sister passed that's like even though you're not maybe actively grieving right now there is some level of wound that is left so like almost like i guess what i'm asking is it, are we all destined to be a little bit hurt before we die in this yeah i mean i th i think pain earthly pain is absolutely like inevitable like that's some we're gonna suffer like scripture tells us we're gonna suffer like especially with humans giving like being given free will and it says in the bible like satan is the prince of earth like the prince of the air like he dictates a lot what goes on earth like it's just the battle of the spirits like we know who wins in the end sure you know but it doesn't make the situation less hard or suck less like it just doesn't but um you know, like my grandpa's mom, my mom told me this the other day when she passed away, she was like, she was on her deathbed. She pulled all the grandkids aside. It was like, brush your teeth. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be in heaven. Like, just, I love you. You'll be fine. And it's like, I think it's just, and I don't think it's a faith issue. I just think some people, Like when you know where you're like, you can know where you're going all day. Like I can know my is in heaven, but like I said, like it doesn't, and you know, her sister and her mom and her dad, they all know she's in heaven, but it doesn't make it less hard necessarily. But when they get to heaven, it's like, you'll reach that understanding. And let's, if we apply the same, like the pain that you feel when a loved one isn't in this earthly realm anymore let's say you're away from someone or like you're not with your family all the time or you're not around support system it's weird how people are expected to like toughen up and be okay in isolation in society but it, if someone dies and isn't on earth okay you can be sad also not permanently but for a bit but it's like there's some kind of I feel like it's weird that there's so much grief allowed for someone dying, but not allowed for like not having presence that you want in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's like another like good purpose of the church is like you, we have these connect groups, these community groups or whatever that you go and, you know, people open up their homes and like sit there, go over scripture, go over your issues. Like, and they'll walk, you know, they'll walk beside you through those things, you know, and like you just find that group and support system that helps you and walks through you with those things, no matter how big or little they may seem, you know. Okay, um, now just, sorry, were you going to say something? No, no. Your church, from my perspective and from everything that like all the guests on the show so far who have talked about like the countries they live in and the country we live in right now it sounds like it's in a foreign country it sounds like it's it sounds because to open up your home to a stranger or to socialize outside your uh social class or your income bracket is not really promoted in american society in any way whether it's media books like there's this doesn't exist but in other, like, let's say developing nations, people are just like smashed together. So you are just around everyone. There is no choice, really. 
but I is think that just sorry no. how do you feel like do you think that that is like contrary to modern american culture and the church is like is holding on to its ideals and like taking a stand or do you think that that is somehow like actually it's not actually that foreign and it's am i just like mistaken it's possible no i think that is contrary to american culture i think american culture is very what's mine is mine you know you figure it out but um and like stranger danger like that's very common american culture but i think as far as church culture i think that's not rare at all i just think people kind of go into the service they go in and they walk out go and walk out like they don't stay around long enough to look for the opportunities or visit the website to look at their connect groups like we have a whole phone system so it's like if someone inputs like an interest form like they want to be in a connect group like one of our pastors will assign that contact it's like uh we had that sales program at the ufc gym like where we would get a new time person or whatever we'd have their information and then we'd write notes remember like when we would like make calls now you have to tell people We've been talking about church, but we met working at a UFC gym. Uh, yeah. Not an MMA gym, because that would be a little more respectable. But we were working yeah. at a UFC gym chain gym. Yes. Uh, and I just, so how did you get into boxing, Destiny? How did that? Oh, gosh. Okay, that's like going way off track. We can, we can run okay. that back. Okay. But basically... Basically, so we have a system where your we, your information gets inputted and then it gets brought to. So if it's like a younger girl, it'd get assigned to me, and then I call her and reach out and I try to find a group that would best fit her needs, and then I get with the connect group leader. Hey, I have someone who wants to join. Blah 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 blah, and then they'd be invited to their house. Like you just have to just step out and step into it. Like you, you know, you just have to go for it. Like it takes it takes some kahunas on your end to like you know say I want to join a connect group and get in a house with a bunch of strangers but once people do it it's great and I think a lot of churches offer that but people don't really like um uh, so now you're making me think something really weird it's so busy I've never had this thought before and but I sound like some of the very angry memes on the internet with like eagles and skeletons <laughs> but it sounds like from my like external perception of America and from reading history and the fact that I was just born here and didn't grow up here, it seems like the culture in like, let's say the forties or thirties was like more driven by the, was more church-like. Like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Pleasantville or like just the idea of like a goody like classic America town, I guess. You know what I mean? A reality TV show with the family, the conservative family, and 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 uh, the the one guy gets married to the girl who like introduced him to margaritas and. No wait, what is that? Oh my gosh! I just started watching it. It's so good. I'm gonna figure it out right now. I love it. It's, it's like a super conservative family. Like these kids can't even drink like Coca-Cola. Like they can't even like, like they keep them so sheltered. And then like, it's just, I'm on season one, but it's five seasons of these kids basically like discovering the world outside of their like farm. I need to watch this. I'm, yeah, I'm the one guy gets married to this but, girl and they think she's awful. Boy, she, 
wait, the, what I was getting at was, <laughs> is, would you, do you feel like the America before and seemingly, even though like the founding fathers were very like Freemasonic and weird in their spare time, it seems like America was more Christian and there were more like society was more like you described your church, like people were neighborhoods were quiet, crime was lower, the economy was thriving because of people's hard work and like like general positivity, I guess, seemed to be an American thing. And that's what drew people here. Seemingly, yeah. culturally. But now it seems like as and I'm going to be controversial for saying this, as like the Christianity or mention of God has been removed from American culture, it seems like the our behaviors have changed too. Like our moral compass is now more hedonistic, whereas it was more Abrahamic religion-based seemingly at one point. So like it was bad to like cheat someone. But now if you cheat someone who has way more money, it's kind of okay seemingly like in people's minds or like talking to a stranger is weird but before everyone knew their neighbors because it was the right way to be not because like so do you think that's a thing or i don't know looking at the bigger picture for sure for sure you can you can look at some sort of scientific data chart i'm sure and see you know god being taken out of the schools and you know, the fear of God being lessened and crime and all this other crazy stuff going on. But on that same beat, I think that there's always been, there's evil where you, there's evil everywhere if you look hard enough, you know? Um, and I think, I think that evil might've just gotten bigger and increased for whatever reason. Um, I don't think it wasn't there, but I do think, um, I do think the lack of fear of God resonates with the culture that we see today. I think enough people said yes to enough bad decisions and enough uh, evil things that they might have thought was like, oh, this is just this is just to put more you know money in my family's pocket. This is to help my family. This is to help my family. Um, when people started thinking more about themselves, um, they took God out of the equation. I think that just leaves room for chaos. So when we say, let's say it to describe what someone taking God out of the equation could change in their behavior. I feel like God, like in my explanation of this would be an external party observing. And I feel like some people, when they remove that external party, regardless of what abilities it has or any traits of it or anything like that, they feel like they're doing things and no one's watching. Yeah. Like even like if you're consuming like negative content or like totally. you're you eat healthier on everyone else, but then you have like one like weird moment in private where you're just like naked and eating Fritos. I couldn't think of anything weird, but like that's the worst position I could imagine myself. I've been <laughs> in the underwear eating Fritos. It was really sad. Just plain, plain Fritos. Ew, yeah, that's down <laughs> bad. So bad. It was really I, gross. Anyway. Yeah. And I think the issue lies when, because there's a lot of people who say they believe in God and do a lot of evil things. 
I think the issue lies when we make an idol out of other things, meaning we just put other things before God. Um, because when you're putting other things before God and allowing that to dictate your decision making, that's just like another window for Satan to kind of enter in. Because it's not like someone just like wakes up or like wakes up one day and all of a sudden they're evil. Like you have to make a certain amount of choices to get to where you're at. You know what I'm saying? You have to take so many steps away from the path of God, the path God has set for you to be deemed like evil, which it can be redeemed, but nonetheless, I think it's a phase. I don't think it's like, I don't know. I think, but I do think also, I mean, scripture does tell us like we're born sinners. Like, I don't think that's why I said like talking about the Holy spirit, like the, the good I do is because of the Holy spirit in me. Like if I, didn't walk with Jesus the way I walked. Like I would make a lot, a lot, a lot of bad decisions. I still do make bad decisions, you know, to this day, but it's like, I have the conviction that God's like, Hey, no, (laughs) you know, that was bad. And I feel it. And so I don't self-destruct my life, but it's like, if I just live my whole life, never turning to God or never like praying or never read my scripture, never anything, I would probably be, a disaster. I, I have a lot of theories of what my life would look like, but it wouldn't be good. Actually, um, can I say something that I have not? I know, I kind of veered that off on a different path. Because I was saying one thing and I was like, well, but at the same time. Okay, no, what I was wondering was when you said born sinners, I feel like that wording has a lot of weight because of their religious trauma associated with it with some people like mm-hmm. and this is going to sound weird but being a sinner may relatively be bad to not being a sinner but in as a state of being it seems to be a, the natural human condition like biologically is to perform things like like a human, which some of them, like say if someone hits you and you immediately feel rage and want to strike them back, that is kind of a sin, but also to get control of it, you have to become pretty inhuman or do a lot of like monastic practices or spend a lot of time at church to where you get punched and you're like, oh, why did you do that? Are you feeling okay? Like, are you upset? Do you want to hit me again, maybe? And then stop? Like, I don't know. (laughs) So I guess I'm, I don't remember what the question was, but do you get it? Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Born sinners has a lot of weight. Like, yeah. But it's like, like you said, if someone punches you, your natural reaction is you want to punch them back. If you're, you know, not spending time with God or whatever, and you see someone who's attractive and they come up to you and want to talk to you, you want to X, Y, Z, like whatever. Like that's just a natural, like human thing to want to do but the self-control comes from the fruit of the spirit so it's like that's the good news that's like the whole gospel like yeah we're born with in our flesh you know we have our spirit in our flesh and we want to do xyz you know if we if if it was up to me i'd freaking rot on my couch and smoke and go party and do whatever i wanted i would be depressed and anxious like i was you know what i'm saying but um god knows that he recognizes our human faults and our humanity right because God came down as Jesus, walked as a human, like experienced temptation, right? Like experienced earth, like, and he, he didn't fall into sin like we do, of course, but that's why, like, so back in the day they had, I'm like going into this, but back in the day, 
they like uh they would sacrifice lambs for their sins like when they would sin they would kill a lamb they'd have all these atonement festivals kill him kill him kill him so god sent jesus as the ultimate sacrifice so the his blood like cleanses our sins time and time again because it's like we just keep messing up like we don't have to keep sacrificing an animal like that's why they call jesus like the lamb like sometimes people refer him to that it's like he died for our shortcomings because there had to be some sort of atonement right because like the law was that if you sin you have to sacrifice an animal so it's like if there wasn't some sort of ultimate sacrifice god's word would be insufficient like we hear about the end times and jesus is coming back like we read that and be like well is he really coming back or not because god just decided to forgive our sins that one time for no reason like so it's like he recognizes our sin but that doesn't make him not love us so like yeah born sinner might have a lot of weight but it shouldn't come with any shame you know that's not how god wants us to feel because there's freedom that's the whole gospel so this is when you describe like when you describe so g so let so like let for someone who is like hearing this the first time and for me i'm just gonna get i haven't this is not the first time we've talked about this but i guess i'm looking for the way you explain stuff is really it's interesting because i feel like it's in like very current language so if someone was like if we're talking about jesus dying for our sins and them being forgiven then that means that someone who's let's say living as a christian and feeling like they're one what does this mean that they're living in a forgiven way or does it mean that you still have to atone for the sins you commit on earth but like how is it connected how is the christ related forgiveness of earth like human humanity sins related to people's daily type of stuff and how can they like think about that yeah our, our sins are atoned for when and you know when we come to god god i'm sorry you know i'm sorry for my sins it's already forgiven that's why people say like you're already forgiven like yeah it's good so to you come just to have god. to so do you just so you're saying and i'm asking this practically so if you're Let's say you're sitting down and you're like, okay, I'm going to pray now because I just feel like garbage, like I messed my whole life up. Then as soon as you go to asking for forgiveness, can you assume that you're forgiven and supposed to think about a more positive, uplifting path? Or is there some kind of process to it? No, there's no process. 1000%. You're, you're already forgiven before you even commit the sin. Like God is like omnipresent. He lives like he knows the mistake you're gonna make before you make it. And he knows that he forgives you. Like, because that was the ultimate sacrifice. That was the atonement. You're forgiven. It's done. So it's like, that's why legalism, like there's a scripture in Ephesians and it talks about like how, um, I can hear you by the way. Oh, you said you can. No, I can. You can keep talking. Okay, okay. There's a scripture in Ephesians that talks about like, we get to heaven through the, the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus, not by our own doing. Because if it was our own works, if it was us living a sinless, perfect life, like we'd be able to be like, oh, I got myself to heaven. Like, no, Jesus' blood like gets us to heaven. It has nothing to do what we, with what we do. So that's where legalism is tricky because it's self-promoting. Like, so it's like people will be like, oh, like they say they're a Christian, but they are having premarital sex. And it's like, well, that's 
okay, like they probably feel some sort of conviction or maybe depression or, you know, maybe that's not a healthy relationship for them, but like, they're still saved, you know, like just because they're sinning or they're struggling with the sin, it doesn't equate to them not being saved. Like they're still saved. Like Jesus did all the work. There's no more work to be done. So then this, like, if you're living, if you're feeling unrest as a Christian, because I feel like that's, of course you speak to, and like, I'll be honest, the audience is smaller right now. And I'm happy about that because I feel like this isn't about anyone listening. It's just about like in this moment, I'm wondering when I meet someone who like in a meditation class who identifies with Christianity and with, and thinks about God, but then also feels constant stress and unrest to the point where they can't, they, they're like, I can't pray and meditate. I literally work like I work 12 hours and I feel like dying now and I'm going to watch TV and like eat food and maybe do something fun, but maybe just try to wake up for the next day. How can they, what is like the first step to addressing that you are a Christian and you have this belief in God, yet you are feeling suffering? What is like a good first step to start addressing it without like too much? Like I can't, like someone's like, I'm not going to get on my knees for whatever reason. Maybe they're feeling egotistical. I don't know. I just think the first step is just like letting them know conviction is a blessing. So like conviction being like that feeling of unrest or guilt. Um, it's like, you kind of have to like, I think like that's why like journaling is so dope. Like, so it's like, okay, I did this and now I feel this way. If you see a pattern, say like every time I hang out with, this guy like and we go for drinks or whatever like I feel like crap afterwards like okay maybe God's telling you to step away from that friendship maybe God's telling you put down the bottle like there's always some sort of pattern typically when you're feeling that unrest um and then even if you want to toss up like like you said they don't want to get on their knees whatever just toss up a quick prayer God I'm feeling like crap help me out amen like it could literally be that stubborn and short but like God like wants us to depend on him, like childlike faith. Like that's what scripture tells us to do. Like he wants us to have childlike faith, like depend on him for everything. Like don't act like we have the answers, like depend on him for answers and strength and, you know, rest. So when, let's say that first step, this is a first step for people who believe in God. What about someone who's like, why would there be a God? Like, I, my life is horrible. Or it's maybe it's not even that bad. And it's in the medium life. And they're just like, because I have, let's say I have, first, I have to tell you something funny. There's this other person who's quite prolific in the spiritual world and the like conspiracy theory world. Like, I'm talking like million prolific, like six, like seven figure, like large, like following and so this person on was talking about things and someone says someone he's teaching people how to manifest things and he goes so you're saying a prayer and he goes and you don't have to say amen at the end of the prayer because that means hail zeus and i'm never hailing to zeus and he goes on like a 25 minute tirade yeah I just wanted to let you know that that's immediately what came to mind. And I wish that that guy was there so he could freak out and you could be like, bro, you need, I just, I I'm like, know. whoa, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. It was a, 
it was a great breakdown. Then, wow. secondly, for That's someone who, a lot of people lately, when I talk to them, they're like, you know, my belief is more like science based. Like, I'm like, I, but this level of suffering is still quite high. Like, it's like the science doesn't seem to be serving them, but it is their belief system. So, what would you say to someone like that? as like in a kind way not like i'm saying you're trying to convince them but if right. if you were to encounter this person or you you will encounter them in the idiot mystic discord chat that we'll be adding you after this because now you're a guest official oh fun so okay people cool. will ask you questions and you'll be like oh well they'll be like but i believe in like chemistry and you'll have yeah. to how do you appeal to that I mean, I think it's just like, what's the base of that? Like, how did that come about? It's like only a perfect creator could create something so perfect that like goes together. Like, and they always say like atoms is like energy. It's like, well, what's the energy? Like, where does that energy come from? Like, I think when you get to the, the root, like the very root of everything, there has to be some sort of perfect creator that made sure everything was in line perfectly. Like the sun being a, like a certain way or a distance away from the earth for everything to like not blow up you know what i mean like and and so let's say by using that logic if someone says well like because even at the highest level of physics and like biology where they don't know how the brain works or they don't know what the smallest like they keep trying to break things down and find the smallest element of life or reality and they can't and now reality doesn't seem to be real so if someone is looking at it from a science perspective and they're like, I can't imagine a giant man in the sky because it, it, the English language also uses he a lot. And there's a lot of like people who have bad dads are like, well, why would like, how can a deity have a penis? Why is this related to men? There's so much gender identity going on. So in this case, could someone who's like more science-based look at God as like, a sentient system like a creator system that we don't like you can anthropomorphize it like you can put it in a body or you can put it in jesus but at the end of the day it is everything so is that like yeah i think at looking at god it's like yes god the father but looking at him as if he's some guy with a beard and a penis it's like that's 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 putting him in our human finite brains that's like that's that's forming a god out of our human imaginative limitations and that was a big hurdle for me to overcome when i first like had a relationship with jesus i was thinking about god and um his abilities through my human mind and and it didn't make sense to me and i was like well of course because he's literally god and i'm like a part of his creation i i can't even begin to fathom how the earth was created by him, how he did this, how he did that, how he does this. Like once I kind of stepped outside of my human brain, my human, like, cause how much of our brain do we even use? Like 20? I don't know at this point, but it seems like a small amount. Right. So it's, like, so it's like, if I keep thinking of him and putting him in my human box, that's not God. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a lot of like questions that are answered when we get to heaven, but it's like for right now, I just don't worry about what he looks like, I guess. But, you know, he he he's a light, you know, and they say in scripture, like, 
like the angels have no choice but to just rejoice and praise him. Like I can't imagine that he looks anything like a human. I'm still here. I'm trying to turn the AC off and the fan so there's less noise. Um, but okay, so what if just for fun? For funsies. How do you? What would? What are like some words that someone can use to come closer to like the version of? Not the version, but the God that you're describing, because like some people come to it through authority or they're like afraid so fear brings them to god because they don't want to go to hell so if you were to just use some adjectives like i'm gonna say some ones that don't apply to god like digital uh paper thin i don't know these are adjectives that you could submission submission it's just uh just you know, Wait, Jesus, I, huh? You you can't use permission. It's not a describing word. You have to use describing words. Wait. Oh, I said submission, not permission. The, my but, bad. Is submission no, a no. describing word? I don't know. No, it would just describe the relationship that you're supposed to have. I mean, okay, I think I'm confused of what you're asking then. Okay, everything's all... It's quiet. Huh? I guess, okay, let's say if someone was coming to honestly like new agey stuff, like especially the power seeking like magic people type of stuff, they're always drawn by power or a secret knowledge, uh, ultimate knowing. But it seems like the, the God that you described does not say these things at all. Like they're not even close to human possibility. So what are the things that are like, I guess in a way even promised by the, by Jesus and the, we're going to talk about what you mean by when you say Jesus and God separately too. So people like know what your belief is or where you come from on that. But I guess what work, what is the thing that God would draw people to God? if you were using describing words that you found, that you feel or enjoy from him? I think peace and love are just like the ultimate things. Like love is the law. Like when Jesus, you know, went back to heaven, like they asked him like, you know, what are the, you know, now that they recognize like he resurrected, like he is the Messiah. Like what, what are the, the greatest laws? Like what do we need to make sure we follow? He said, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love others. Um, love your neighbor, you know? So it's like, I think people overcomplicate things. And then when you just, like, let Jesus into your life by submission, saying, Jesus, like, you are Lord of my life. Like, I give my life to you. He's going to do the work in you. Like, people often think, like, you have to do this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And it's like just when you continue to follow Jesus and you stay in prayer and you you seek knowledge of him and, you know, it, he just does something within you that you can never do yourself. And, you know, from that comes the, the natural ability slash desire to love others. And I just have peace in all these situations that used to make me like freak out, you know, because it's like I know that like my life is in his hands. Like I gave it to him like 
do what do what you want <laughs> like and you know like no matter the outcome like it's gonna be okay so I feel like those were like the two main things since you said love I love I thought that was great I think it's very like all-encompassing but when then you said love and now this is gonna how does the I guess how does your experience of God's love reflect in your now like I guess how does it reflect in modern dating because that's something that I feel like we've talked about a lot as friends but also I feel like other people consult you on and like your friends talk to you about and I guess how do you feel that has your perspective on dating and relationships shifted has your over time and over your like in obviously now you work in student ministry so you're you're I guess your deep dive into God has gotten like it's reached a point of depth where you can't really do much more than this level on earth except just further and un, like refine it but there's not many so yeah did I add did I finish the question? what did I finish the question? Um, I think so. <laughs> See, okay. The way I look at love is very platonic. Like, in like the way God loves me, like I could never do anything to deserve it or earn it. And it's just so, like his love is just so selfless and just so, um, what's that word? unconditional and it's like I feel like with my any type of relationship it's not just romantic like I was always like oh what are you doing for me you know how are you adding to my life like why should I love you like you have to give me reasons when it's just like no like I just I just love you and I'm, I'm so much easier to say that word now I used to like hold that word like some sort of special treasure and if you unlock the treasure like lucky you <laughs> and now it's just like there's no reason to do that like I just I could spend an hour with someone like, I love you. Like, you're, you're great. Like, you know, like, it's just so much easier to say. Um, as far as relationships go, my taste hasn't gotten much better. My tolerance for like bad, like being treated badly um, is much lower. Like, I don't like back in the day, like, I used to just be like, oh, like, I just want to be in a relationship, like, whatever, like, it is what it is, we'll hash this out, but I don't want to have any sort of, like, toxic partner or relationship or, like, where it's, like, obviously not love, like, in the Bible, like, love is patient, love is kind, you know, it, it never forsakes, you know, blah, 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 like, it has the whole definition, and if I feel like my love with, like, a romantic partner isn't matching that, I'm much more content being by myself than before when I was like, oh, my gosh, I just need to be with somebody, you know, like, I need a partner, I would rather be by myself. Okay, but when you say, like, oh my gosh, I would rather be with a partner, I don't think most people know that that's what, like, maybe that's what's happening, but their justification and their language describing why they're staying is not just because they want a partner, but there's, like, a lot of good things about the other person that suddenly pop up into their head or, like, other like so what do you think because I personally also have like gotten to a point in my life where I don't have that anymore 
but I do remember a time where basically any fault of a person which is like malicious or like selfish that hurts you I would always like find a reason to justify it or an explanation or do a behavior in myself that would make me feel okay to be able to tolerate that other behavior so I guess I guess has I keep forgetting my questions I was like where are you taking me do, do you I guess do you how do you feel about their misdeeds now or like let's say someone's like someone's actions in a relationship that are not nice how do you deal with them now as opposed to justifying them because that's what would or wait i even remembered the actual question so when you said you were just in a relationship to be in a relationship what is the thing that stops that like mentality because it seems like it's like you don't actually just think you're a desperate like crazy person you think you're fighting for love or something else and i don't know if it's like culture right or social media right. or what totally. is promoting this but like it's an illusion almost i think it's like this sense of emptiness and seeking fulfillment and it's like there's this quote and it's like there's a whole everybody's born with this hole inside their heart the size of god and the only thing that can fill is obviously god so it's like we look for xyz to fill that hole that natural like missing part and it's like once i had like true relationship like not religion like true relationship with god and you know feel like i could actually like talk to him you know what i'm saying and like could actually feel his love and like peace from him it was like i don't like anything beyond this that's good is just like a blessing and it's like I'm good where I'm at I'm like this is sufficient for me you know like this empty void that I was like always seeking to find whether it was with a relationship or drugs or drinking whatever that was like it was filled and I feel like people are just looking for that hole to be filled with whether like you said like they're oh I'm just a hopeless romantic blah 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 but when you get down to like the deep root of it a lot of the times it's like trying to fulfill something. Biscuit is going crazy. I was wondering what that was. It's Lizzie. She wants to play. Look at her. The babies. My I... dog's in Ave. She's so cute. Biscuit Avenue. It's the place. They need to hang out. We need to do a dog collab. Yeah, but I'm scared that Biscuit will hurt but just like by accident like just by smashing into her well she hangs out with like only big dogs just like you just like <laughs> me it's the same person how it doesn't even make sense my dog is me oh you think he's a baby we are very similar okay we've had so it's been a pretty like I feel like I've met we went deep, but I managed to stay within the like confines of sanity. Now we're going to start getting a little weird with Christianity, but in a respectful way. So firstly, let's bring up the recent Senate UAP hearings. I'm sure you've seen some memes about it or like seen that the government's still talking about UFOs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's... <laughs> 
that's just out there. Let's just leave that there. Now let's uh bring up some some Bible passages. First, you're gonna tell me if you could. Oh, that sounded very forceful. Sorry. If you could, how do I say Ezekiel one four twenty eight? Is that the correct way to describe the numbering? Ezekiel is it chapter is it chapter one? Yes. Chapter then, one verses four through twenty eight. Okay, sweet. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna turn to it in my Bible. Okay. Actually, go ahead while I'm pulling it up. Go okay. Ahead. So this is like, let's just say I like summarized it as like like Ezekiel's vision thingy, the thing. And he describes a vision of living creatures with four faces, wings, and wheels that move them. He describes these wheels as a wheel within a wheel. Um, and he mentions a vault over their heads and then a throne above the vault. Um, so I feel like you're, while you turn to it, I'm not saying this is a spaceship, obviously, that he saw, but I guess I'm wondering, from what we can see in human brains, there hasn't been much change recently in neurology. Like our brains are generally the same. We've obviously developed a lot of skills. And just on another episode, we were talking about St. Augustine possibly being the first person to read to read in his head. Like to read, to hear, not to just not to read out loud. And it was just like a thing that I'm not saying that that's the first person, but it was like reading text and not vocalizing it because that's the way humans used to read is by saying it out loud and looking at the words. And then they learned how to say it in their head and not have to move their mouth and say it. But this is just like a random, this is a thing. But I guess I'm wondering, human minds haven't changed that much. And the Bible, let's say the whatever version anyone's looking at, they were compiled by people who had similar neurology to us like similar brain structures. Then before that, the people who they got these stories from, even though the languages were different, they still don't appear to be anatomically very different to us from the things they described, eating, drinking, reproducing, urges. All of that sounds very much like people today. So mm -hmm. then I have to assume that Ezekiel, who is a prophet and like, uh, like, Muslims consider Ezekiel a prophet. Jews do like it's like a some kind of a fi figure in this Abrahamic uh, saga. So he's seeing things with four faces and wings and describing all of this. So what is that? What it to you? What is he seeing? This human so being. On like it's, it's angels that he's describing. So it's like. People like think of angels as like, like you think of an angel, you think of like the wings and like flying little babies, but it's like they're actually these like, like biblically they're like these super trippy looking multiple eyeballs. They still have wings, but they're very they're trippy looking. And okay. in the end of the, in the end of this chapter, um, it talks about how it was like the light of God 
And then God spoke to Ezekiel. So when you, so now let's say going by this like assumption that the rest of, if we believe the rest of the podcast that you talked about, and now we're talking about biblical angels and they don't quite look anthropomorphic or humanoid even, and they're almost jarring. Like when someone draws the, it's almost disturbing to look at. You're like, that is scary. I would never want to see that. Like well, I yeah, because then a heart attack. Yeah, because in the Bible, like when people when it, it talks about like people encountering angels, like they're always scared. Like when they're they first approach, like you're always like God, like do not worry or like you know do not be afraid. Like they're always scared when they're approached by angels. So, going okay. Next one. Next one. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm so bad at this now because I wrote them down weirdly. Now it says two kings, two eleven. So I think this is kings. Second kings. Chap. Yeah. Yes. This is Elijah, and not. I don't know why I thought it was Ezekiel again. This is Elijah being taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire with horses of fire. And I honestly, I mean, if you look at any kind of entheogens or like psychedelics in the region at the time, like nothing makes you go to the sky in chariots of fire, at least in the region at the time. So it's just like, what, what do you, do you think that this like chariot of fire is like a, since we're now getting weird, is it like an energetic, like uh, abstract kind of thing? Like somehow his consciousness was taken? Or is this literally, and this is, I guess it's your take on it. Was he literally taken off earth and then brought back? And I feel like this is just like a nuanced question. It doesn't really matter what you say, but it kind of matters when people are like, when people are, it's easy to under, accept like, oh, I should be nice because my body feels better when I'm nice to people. And that's what Jesus said to do. But actually, this is all, there's like an, an invisible network of things running in the background. And the kindness seems to interact better with the invisible things. And then this system that has souls and angels and demons that you mentioned earlier. So I guess, what do you think about that? Um, take your sorry. time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think it was actual, like actual, like visible to the eye of who was there. Because the thing is, like, there's always like this talk of like, well, why doesn't God reveal himself like the way he did in the Old Testament, right? Like you see all of these like crazy things happening, like the Red Sea being split when Moses walked across it and um, like talk of this, like the fire in the chariot or whatever, the burning bush, God talking to the burning bush. But the like the thing is, is like the New Testament was after Jesus died on the cross, right? And so then after that, it was, it was like faith and love is like 
the law. So it's like having faith in Jesus is like that makes us saved. So it's like if if God was showing up like he did in the Old Testament nowadays, like we'd have no choice but to be like, oh, yeah, for sure. God is like real. You know what I mean? Like like he we would have no choice but to worship and praise him when he gives us free will because he wants us to love him because we choose to not uh, because we do out of like undeniable evidence. That's really interesting because that's almost like in a prior society, everyone maybe like. I guess maybe at any time when God would have shown up in the like a certain way, people would have like there would have been no the human story wouldn't have existed then of like disobedience and rebellion and like trying to cheat God at times and somehow like all these weird things that we do. So okay, next I mean time. yeah, people still have debates about beliefs and God and you know because a lot of people are like oh you can't see this God and so they would worship like items like physical items and you know maybe like rages of like fire or whatever or all these like like Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed was just some sort of crazy coincidence like there was still religious debates but I just think nowadays like after Jesus died on the cross it was like well it's your faith in Jesus that saves you you don't have to we don't have to atone anymore we don't have to kill lambs you know because people be like oh the god of Judah or the god they would refer to him as the god of whoever they knew that like worshipped him the god of david like can we still eat the lamb the one that they would sacrifice can we just eat lamb in general or is that not good anymore yeah i was just checking yeah. i don't know i was like iffy it sounded a bit it sounded like me anyway no i get it i, I have another I weird i like lamb chops. strange uh segue but you know okay. good this is a weird one. It's Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Right at the beginning here. This is my favorite weird one. What? This is my favorite weird one. Oh, okay. I feel like, because it's like more, it's more sci-fi a little bit, but at the same time, I need to know what you I recently discovered that I love sci-fi. I love okay, sci-fi. Okay, then this this the quest line of questioning is gonna be good then this is the passage that mentions sons of god coming to daughters of men and having offspring with them wait i do want to say though side note i am a minister but i'm not a theologian so i have not studied text like people who've gone to school for this and like say the hebrew and the greek and they actually know like there's friends I have that would like know better answers than I do. So I don't want anyone to listen to this and be like, she has all the answers. Like I, I don't. So. You can, you should, you can bring one of those friends with you next time. And if we go by this whole, the God concept, you're exactly like doing, we're all both doing the best we can. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. But. Anyway. Yeah. So. So yes, the this is the passage that says that the sons of God came and had children with like human women, seemingly. I don't know what that means. There is a word used that is Nephilim, which is oh, also uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. giants. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
again, there's nothing written in the Bible, but they're mentioned in the Old Testament again. When I guess it, Israelite spies report seeing them in, is it Canaan, the city? Canaan? I don't know. But it's a city. Yeah, Canaan. So, Canaan. I guess. Yeah, this is going to get actually kind of weird. Yeah, so I guess some people believe that sons of God refers to descendants of uh, Seth, Adam and Eve's third son, and that daughters of men refers to the descendants of Cain. Uh, and in this view, like some people are saying that it's like about mixing the righteous line of Seth with the more secular or sinful line of Cain. But this is just like one like obscure, like people's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going away from the one that we're about to bring up because I'm going to let you bring that other theory up because I, I feel like Okay, so, okay, so we talked about angels and like how they look you know, like how we wouldn't imagine, but angels have also come down in the form of humans. Like two angels came down uh, to save Lot and his family from destruction in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were angels, but they looked like humans, right? So some people would say that those were angels like from heaven that were having children with like humans, like strictly fleshly humans. And then they made these like creatures, these like giants. And so it was like not, god's intention of offspring it was like this like mutilated or per se version wait wait, so wait 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 sorry this is good <laughs> so the angels but this is i'm this is really interesting for me because i have like a kind of i'm very into angels and have been for so long so yeah. these angels who get sent down to help Lot's family they're obviously instructed to do do this and it's not their desire right or are these angels who come down out of their they're own instruct, they were instructed to do it okay. i don't know as far as like so, the desires go so, so okay I think so the desires is just to please god and if that's god's okay. and that will so, please him so we're going with the angels have not free will like us right See, that's a, that's a, yes. Well, because it kind of goes back to that thing. Like if God showed his face on earth, we'd have no choice but to worship him. Cause we'd be like, whoa, like, yeah, duh. So it's like, they inhabit heaven with him. So they're like, yeah, duh. Like, what do you want? I'll do anything. Like oh, you're God. Like, you're okay. so that's crazy. I've never thought of it like that because angels are described so often as not having free will. That may be the state of current being but that may be derived from the fact that they are in the presence of the thing that makes it impossible to have free will because you want to line up with the thing that's in the room with you and not make it awkward. And okay, but okay. So these angels who get sent down to earth in human form, you're saying that the, the angels then because they're in human bodies, they have babies with, let's say, human women in theory. But mm -hmm. are they having the baby because they're in a human body and don't know they're an angel? Or is this baby like some kind of angelic, like, quote unquote, sin, or like something they weren't supposed to do? And then yeah. is this passage about like that? Yes. It was what they weren't supposed to do that. 
so, so it's weird because you said they didn't have free will because they're in the presence of God. But then as soon as they come to earth, it's like, as you're not in the presence, you completely, you're like, well, that's just a weird thing to think about. Well, that's just, it goes back to like, when I said, like, it's easier for me to do better when I'm in my scripture, when I'm praying, when I'm like the closest to God, it's easier for me to do the right thing. But when I'm further away from God, it's easy for me to give it to my flesh and let that take over. And like the prince of the prince of the air is Satan. Like, like once these angels are on earth or whatever, and they're out of God's physical presence or whatever, like seeing him eye to eye, it was easier for them to disobey in theory. This is getting crazy because now I'm getting confused because obviously I'm so confused, but in a really good way, you're saying that obviously your soul is non-local. Like it's not even, it's in your body, but no one can take it out of your body physically. So it's not technically in your physical body. It's somewhere else, right? Like your soul is, there. No, no one can give you the Google Maps coordinates of your soul because it's not exactly, is it here, here, do you think? On because, earth. Okay, so then, okay, that's, this is very good. So you're saying the non-physical part of our consciousness is on earth, but connected to somewhere else. So then that's what, in theory, in this like loose framework we're creating, that's what creates this feeling of distance. Because some people would say, well, if God is in your heart, then you would never feel distant from God. But since we're in a physical body and our body is changing locations, our consciousness keeps is also in flux. Like it's not, I feel like if you could stand still all day, you could maybe be close to God in every moment because there would be less stimuli from the outside. Yeah. Well, and then have you ever heard like feed the spirit, starve the flesh? It's like one cannot thrive while the other one. So it's like, if I'm constantly feeding my flesh, whatever it wants, alcohol, like what I say, what, what I, fill in the vice, whatever, whatever your human body wants to do. If I'm constantly feeling that the Holy spirit that dwells in me cannot grow or thrive in that type of environment. But if I'm filled with the Holy spirit, and I'm feeding the spirit with good things, you know, doing good, good things for other people, uh, you know, not being selfish, praying, being in my scripture, there's not room for the flesh to take over because the Holy spirit is being fed. The spirit is being fled, not the flesh. So, so, okay, what if someone was uh, feeling like they're like, they want to drink and like party and do weird stuff. And then this person starts working out instead of praying a, a lot. And they like replace their like other thing with what is considered to be a, in modern society and amongst new age guru, whole foods people it's great to work out a bunch. Or I said Whole Foods bad, but I like Whole Foods and I also like Sprouts. So never mm -hmm. mind. I guess I should have said hipster, but that's bad too because I, some people call me, never mind. No, there's no right word, but like it's yeah. good to be very focused on your health instead of like uh, trivial pursuits, so to speak. Not the game, because that's not a trivial pursuit. Right, 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 right. I think it all goes with intention. Like, are you taking care of your body because you look at it as a gift and you look at your physical ability as a gift and you want to aid that gift and you want to be a good steward of what God has given you? Or are you working out because you want to have 
a fat butt and a flat stomach to impress other people with or I was there so it's like I know the difference like my working out now is so different than from when I was like didn't have a relationship with Jesus so it's like that is such a that is I feel like that's that's the perfect thing to end on we're going to talk about it more so because you've been a personal trainer you know about Mm -hmm. it you know about working out you've trained with a lot of different athletes in a lot of different sports and spirituality in sports is severely missing in the aspect of designing or training it's very present in motivation in like waking up and consistency it's there to abuse you like oh yeah you have to go and abuse yourself at the gym because god will power you through it but it's not ever applied to training methodology. And it's funny that you said your workouts are different and your goals are different because I feel like that's like, if someone was like looking for a very secular way to approach God, it would be like, look at your workout and see what it's based on and see if you can make it. Like, could you describe maybe the changes? You can even be like vague if you want. Yeah, so like, before it'd be like a whole lot of crunches and a whole lot of squats like and I would just try to up my reps but now it's like I want to go on like a nice jog a nice run like I want to do community-based like workout classes to be in community and like the other day I did like a strength arm workout I would have never done that in my life but it's something that I just know is like I don't want to do and it's difficult and like it's something it's just like something I'd be like yeah I did that like sometimes I don't like I, I wouldn't want to do that but it's like I got through it my body I was able to do it but it's like more so I just want to be healthy like it's really so it's like I don't specify like a body part I don't specify like a muscle group like I just want to be healthy so whatever that workout looks like for that day whether like I'm able to just do some at-home Pilates or I work on the bag a little bit like boxing or I go on a walk with my dog like as long as I'm like physically moving like I feel good and I guess this is going to be a hard question because it's going to throw a lot of like a wrench in a lot of people's plans. But I guess even me being involved in fitness for so long, I guess outside of even sports, just like consumer fitness. And it seems like it's not like how you mentioned like squats or a flat stomach. It seems like it's considered like a noble pursuit to let's say grow a body part or reduce a muscle size or something to potentially attract a partner specific go get your toy yeah i i can't i don't have any i have a water bottle I was, I was talking to my dog. She was being whiny, so I told her to bring my toy, and she did because she's a good girl. Okay. Anyways, what? So, so I, so I guess is there? Do you think that there is some course correction that needs to be done in people like trying to grow very specific body types for a specific place in society in terms of like? spiritual intervention like for me i tell people i'm like this is actually insane like you wanting to grow your calves so much is crazy like it doesn't matter that your legs are naturally small and you'll always have these legs like let them be this way and be healthy 
Like if you can yeah. athletically yeah. perform, do that. Be the most like biomechanically sound human you can. Talking right. to me about growing your calves and expecting me not to intervene is right. almost like it's irresponsible of me to encourage anyone's behavior like to like grow specific body parts to appear in a way that they wouldn't appear if they were doing like the things that were best for them right no i totally agree i think yeah i think it's just all about being brutally honest with yourself like why do i want this okay well why like i feel like if you keep asking that why you get down to the core root of like like i want my calves to be bigger why because i just think like that would look good well why look good for what like, you know what I mean? Like, if you just, like, keep questioning yourself and being brutally honest with yourself, um, I think that gets down to the core. And then you can kind of maybe look at yourself and be like, okay, I'm being kind of ridiculous. And then what about after? So let's say since if we're wrapping this up as a methodology, if mm -hmm. someone's like, wait, like, after they're so brutally honest and they break it down to, like, oh, I just work out so like I can get more swipes on Tinder or I just work out so I can like, I can take my shirt off at the family reunion, whatever crazy thing it is. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever ridiculous like kind of thing it is. What is like a way after you realize the crazy reason that you've spent your whole life or so many years or months doing like chasing a body type or a body part, then what do you do? How do you forgive yourself for all the wasted time? Or how do you like, is there a way to be kind? Well, I think you can ask yourself like how you feel when you work out. Cause I think it's undeniable. You feel good when you work out, you feel better when you're being physically active. So I think you ask yourself like, how do you feel when you work out? And then what could I, what have I not tried with my workouts? What could I possibly enjoy more? What's something that I thought of with working out that I wanted to try, but it didn't necessarily fit my specific goal. And so I didn't go for it. So like, oh, the rowing machine, that, looked, that thing was kind of fun, but that's not going to contribute to my calves. Like, you know, like whatever, whatever it may be. And just like trying different things and recognizing that you can still get that good feeling of being healthy and physical, physically active without beating yourself up over that specific body part of yours. That is good. I feel like I always say this and I'm really bad at making clips, but I should make more clips of this because maybe people will stop doing so many squats. Squatting is great, but we've really gotten to a dangerous place. Like soon, like, no, there are literally like, fitness instructors who their, their whole, their whole base is off of building somebody's butt. That I wonder if God sent at least one person out of all of us to just be a butt specialist like and that's the one person who's divinely ordained to do this and then the rest of them are just that's like cat-like behavior that's huh? impressive your dog is like a cat a little bit oh yeah she does act like a cat yeah she has cat tendencies um last thing before we wrap up this very good first episode it was like very smooth i don't know it was super like easy um, yeah this is fun it's probably because we recorded two failed ones one where we <laughs> talked about the will smith slap and then another one where we just like dry <laughs> very bad it was like poorly recorded so that is so um, ridiculous. 
But would you like to, you don't have to, say a prayer before we end the episode because people listening will hear it and then they might, whatever you want. That's a good idea. That's precious. Okay. Right here, right now? I'm ready. Okay. Um, hey, get on my bed. That's my dog's name. Okay. Go over there. Okay. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just want to thank you so much for uh, Hater. First off, I just want to thank you for his creativity and his way of uplifting people in the community, God, and taking our eyes off of these celebrities that were kind of somewhat, uh, they're shoved in our faces and we tend to sometimes idolize God. So thank you for um, giving him the idea to uplift the common man and help us to all share our stories and our testimonies, Father. Um, I pray whoever is listening to this, if they have some sort of peak of curiosity about you and who you are, God, that um, you just carry them through that process, Father, that you bless them with wisdom and discernment and um, that they can confess to you um, whatever is on their shoulders, whatever they feel like is weighing them down, God. And I feel, uh, I just I just pray that you let them know that they're worthy, that there's no sin that can separate them from you, God, uh, and that they just recognize the love that you have for them. and. Uh, I just pray that maybe this could have even brought someone salvation, God. Um, and I just pray that, you know, we all recognize that none of us are better than the other. And we're all supposed to be here to work together and love on one another. And, um, yeah, I just pray that these words help somebody. And I pray that you bless Haters Podcast and all the people that come on it and all the people that are listening to it. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I was I was gonna make the hail Zeus joke, but I was like too soon. Too soon. Don't do it. I was gonna scream it. And then I was like, this that would be very jarring. Uh but thank you. It's been very good. Yeah. Uh, we'll do after three years. We talked about doing a podcast for three years. That's so two crazy. years. At least two years. Yeah. Oh, if people want to get in touch with you, your Instagram is? Um, My podcast Instagram is underscore new underscore flesh. And yeah, my so personal high underscore I'm Des. So Okay. And there will be links in the episode description. And thank you. Uh, I'll press stop recording recording first and then end the call because it's weird uh great podcast yeah. love you thank you love you pressing stop recording <laughs>